You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, and I am joined today by Matt Schwartz. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey there. I'm doing great. You've got an easy first name for me to remember. <laughs> so this works out well. Maybe not as much for our audience, but, you know, I'm the guy that doesn't know very much. And Matt's coming from a very interesting spot, changing the world of AI and demand forecasting in the world of fresh food. Tell us a little bit about a fresh Technologies, Matt. Yeah. No, I'm very excited to be here, and thanks for having me. So... A fresh Technologies came out of Stanford, really grounded in the cutting edge of artificial intelligence and machine learning. And my background personally was in food. So I had worked with retailers, brick and mortar grocers, and CPG companies earlier in my career, and noticed that all of the systems and technology built for this industry was tailored to the center aisle. So think about Cheerios, canned goods, UPC items, and kind of legacy, more rules-based systems and approaches. And for me, what I noticed is that the world was moving more towards fresh food and grocery. People like produce, and when I say fresh, produce, meat, dairy, deli, bakery, the perimeter of the grocery store. And those items are different. They're often different weights, different sizes, colors, shapes, tastes, and often aren't even barcoded. And so what I thought was necessary was a system that was tailored for those nuances. And so we wanted to bring the cutting edge of technology to be focused on fresh food first. And so that's our main focus. We're applying AI and machine learning to do demand forecasting for that fresh food. And then those demand forecasts enable us to do supply chain solutions like store level replenishment, DC level inventory optimization, and generally making more proactive and smarter decisions across the supply chain. I mean, it seems to me like that's a big opportunity because there's a lot of touches in the world of fresh food. It's not as repeatable or consistent or platform-based as you would see in a CPG company, right? And it varies widely what exactly that is. Like you said, it's not just produce here that we're talking about, but it's also meat or dairy or eggs or, you know, other things like that. Tell me, like, what the opportunity is here to optimize that supply chain in particular. Yeah, and so given that fresh is fresh, it's living, it's highly perishable, and so food waste is a major issue in this supply chain. And, you know, it ranges a lot at different steps, but in grocery, you can see waste ranging from 5 to 15% even on some of the more highly perishable items. And that's just money that grocers are throwing away. It goes straight to their bottom line. And for me personally, major environmental impact to think about making that much food just to throw it away at the grocery store level. So I think when we think about the value here, it's threefold. One is reducing the food waste from when grocers overbuy. Another is also reducing stockouts when they underestimate demand. And then on the last thing that we're realizing, which is kind of interesting, is that as you get more accurate demand forecasts, you can enable grocers and other constituents to lower the amount of inventory they carry, carry less safety stock. And so they turn it over faster. And with fresh food, that means each individual item has more days of shelf life. So we can enable grocers to give more days of shelf life to their consumers, which drives higher loyalty and higher sales. So recapping that food waste reduction, out of stock reduction, and extra days of shelf life. Yeah, no, it, again, like you touch on that waste portion, but by the time fresh fruit hits a grocery store, like it's not got that much time left, right, so to speak, right? right? Like yeah. it's been in a warehouse or a DC or it's had to go to a packaging center. There's like multiple steps that take place and it could be weeks or months and you're really not getting the optimal food a lot of times I would imagine. Definitely. So does it make the quality go up when you're able to get a lot closer and tighter in your planning on the supply chain? Yeah, side? I mean, 
Definitely. So there's a strong correlation between the freshness of the food or the days of shelf life remaining in the food and the, and the quality that the consumer experiences. And so when you look at, you know, what's happening in some of the vertical farming, you know, growers are trying to move closer to the stores just to give consumers those days of shelf life. And, you know, effectively we're trying to do that through other means, through making the, you know, getting the right food at the right place in the right time. And that quality is really something that is experienced by the consumer. If you've had a, a berry fresh off the vine, it's way better than one that has been sitting in a cooler for a really long period sure, of time. Sure, yeah. And, you know, building greenhouse facilities closer to your largest markets doesn't happen overnight either, which is one of the ways that you're seeing it solved too, shortening the supply chain. Sometimes that's just not realistic, yeah. right? Well, the other exciting thing for us is that there is that much innovation happening upstream because that means that all these supply chain changes are different. You know, you've got a vertical farm grower. You've got, in other ways, other new data sources coming online like a logistics temperature monitoring software or other things like that. And so when we see those changes happening, the manual systems in the past that were used to do these kinds of things are insufficient to incorporate all that variance. So you could imagine you could have a piece of lettuce that was grown in a vertical farm that was near the store that has a lot of shelf life. And you've got your other traditional conventionally grown piece of lettuce that's got shorter shelf life. And so those should be treated differently. And that's the sort of thing when you think about the thousands of items that a grocer carries is really hard to do without this kind of technology. You're right. There's so much more human interaction or touches. I would imagine that when you get a better handle on the data side of it and can let your algorithms help you a little bit, it makes that job a little bit easier of sorting out what is closest to being going bad or what you can have on the shelf for a week or two. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's down to the item level. You know, These decisions should be made for each individual item, for each individual shelf life. Even within an item, a grocer might have three different kind of, you know, in the warehouse, they could have a pallet of one code date, another code date, another code date, and or a piece of produce that came from this farm, this farm, this farm. And depending on how much shelf life they have, they should be treated differently. So that's something that our technology we're building to solve. Yeah, it's an inefficient supply chain. Like it really is. But there's a lot of demand for fresh food, obviously, like you yeah. tied into. Yeah. But yeah, like it's also very inconsistent. We were chatting about this a little bit before. Yeah. The variability of the types of foods that would count in that category yeah. really ranges. So yeah. moving those things or storing them or getting them to a store, I would imagine, has its own challenges and implications as well, right? Totally, yeah. It's a really challenging and difficult environment. And some of the reason why we believe that this opportunity exists, it's not as if there haven't been demand forecasting or inventory management solutions out there before. But for fresh, it's so different. Each individual item has a different weight, a different taste, a different color, different pack size. Vendors go in and out all the time. The assortment changes. Each individual item is different. The data are often unstructured, so it might not even have a UPC. And as a result, rules-based systems really break down. So we handle that complexity taking this true machine learning approach. And I think that that's a major opportunity because of all of that complexity, being able to get a handle on it will add all that value we talked sure. about earlier. What about the human element of it too? I, I, I imagine that you do have to do some educating to help people understand where a system like that can either help augment or entirely replace old-fashioned manual processes. Yeah. Is that scary for some people in this industry? 
Yeah, so if you look at what's happened in the center aisle, it's kind of moved all the way to automated replenishment for a lot of the more hard packaged goods. The way that we see it is that given all the complexity of fresh, there's still going to be a human involved. And if you look at the way it's done today, there's a produce manager, a meat manager, a deli manager, bakery manager. Each department has their store level people on the ground that are doing this in a decentralized way. We see this as being a tool that we can give to them to help streamline the 95% of items that our models have really high confidence on and then flag to them the 5% that are going to be trickier for them to handle. And the last piece of it is that that human element is still always going to be there in fresh. They need to rotate it more frequently. These are high velocity items and get in front of the customer and help them shop for it. And so we really see this as a tool to augment the existing humans that are doing it. But we also believe that you know, new models may arise where if we can take away some of that labor in the ordering process, then maybe there's a hybrid approach where some of the ordering can be done centrally and some of it can be done decentrally for the ones that are more nuanced or need a little bit more attention from people on the ground. That's really cool to know, but I imagine for the people that are on the ground, there is an art to doing this stuff, making the displays look right, putting totally. it in the right position, making sure it's you know not a bunch of semi-rotten fruit that's on deep discount <laughs> yeah. right when you walk through those doors. It seems that fresh is one of the first things you encounter when you walk into a store. Yeah, There's still plenty of work to do on that side too. Totally. And that's where the magic is. And that's honestly where ideally the, the folks working in the fresh departments would be spending that time rotating the produce, culling the, the bad looking stuff and generally giving the consumer a better experience. And, you know, I think there was an HBR article recently that showed that the grocers that invest in more labor actually drive higher sales because they're focused on doing consumer facing things like that. And so we'd really hope to be able to enable grocers to invest in that and give their consumers a better fresh food experience. Very cool. So, you know, we've been chatting around the supply chain thing, but like, why is there so much investment? Why are there so many new ideas in this space right now? Because you really do see in retail that supply chain is going to change the way that business differentiate. Imagine fresh is a very similar space. Is it just that? Is it that recognition that your supply chain is what separates you from the competition? Or is it just because there's just so much inefficiency? Yeah, I think when you look at the environment and the ecosystem, you see the really big guys winning, right? You see Amazon and Walmart, those folks doing really well. And this kind of technology and supply chain is the backbone of their business. And I think that there's a recognition that you have to win there and be best in class there to really dominate. And so what gets me really excited is that we think we're bringing on world-class engineers, truly amazing talent out of Stanford. This is where this was grounded and originally out of a research project there. And so we really believe that we can take that talent and instead of you know them going to the big kind of social tech companies or things like that, they can focus on supply chain and for fresh. And we can empower these retailers, these grocers to really win in this new age. And I think supply chain is going to be a huge differentiator there for their business. And it's funny. It's like such a fundamental need that like as a consumer, you often overlook. Like. Yeah. How much food matters, yeah. like, because you take it for granted. But certainly when the food is bad, it changes your experience in a lot of ways. And this is kind of the thing that really, so I'm getting very excited, but one of the things that we're seeing, you, you talk about the innovation in supply chain. Well, you know, the world's kind of moving more towards omni-channel. And right now, our initial solutions are around store-level replenishment. But what we can do with this demand forecasting technology is as the landscape evolves, where grocers are starting to do click and collect, they're doing direct home delivery on maybe an Instacart shopper comes in all on top of their existing brick and mortar business. That kind of complexity in the supply chain is not something that the existing systems that they use in fresh account for. And so what we can do is enable them to handle all that demand 
and give consumers a differential experience through those added days of shelf life, making sure that the right fruit or vegetable or say gets to the consumer in those ways. And so we really see the supply chain as a core enabler of these new efforts to go digital, these new efforts to make their brick and mortar business better. And so we really think of the supply chain, yeah, super unsexy, but a major, major differentiator when it comes to consumer experience in the end. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, in a couple of years ago, is the shopping experience going to change because we're getting smarter about these things and because we're putting new technologies to work? Now that AI seems to be something that's here to stay, that we now have the processing power to really do at scale, will we feel it at the store? It's interesting. I think that the consumer experience will just get better. I think that people will just have more food, you know, the food will be fresher, they'll have a better experience and their standards will be higher and the folks that invest in it will win and succeed. So I think that the shopping experience will just, will be different in that it will be better. (laughs) Consumers Mm -hmm. will enjoy the food they eat more. And then for me also, this is less consumer facing, but ideally for me, what I would see is reduced food waste, you know, coming out of this and just a better environmental impact there. And the last thing I would say is, you know, as I was talking about adding the days of shelf life, for the consumer, it might mean having more days of that shelf life in their fridge. And so it'll impact the way that they shop in that they'll be able to potentially buy more when they're shopping or they'll be able to just trust that the food they're having is fresher. And so it'll be a better experience for them in that way. Awesome. Well, Matt Schwartz, thanks for joining us on Supply Chain Radio. Where can we find out some more info on you guys? Oh, it's my pleasure. You can find us at afreshtechnologies.com, afreshtechnologies.com. All right. Well, thank you again. This is Matt Gunn. Thanks for listening to Supply Chain Radio. Be sure to find us and subscribe and review and do all those other things. And let us know if we're doing a good job by sending me an email at scr.podcast at info.com. This is Supply Chain Radio. Thank you for listening. Thank you.